The scripture today is Luke 15, 13b to 20a. And there he squandered his poverty in recklessness living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out as one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And when he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. Unless you leave home first, you cannot return home. Last week I shared with you the prodigal son demanded his portion and left home to a distant country. He left home with pride and confidence to live without his father and his faith community. But after he spent all his money from his father, he was being lost. Have you ever been lost? You don't know where you are, even who you are, and what you are doing. Time to time, we're being lost in this distant country, in this world. We thought we're doing the right thing. We thought we know what we're doing. But sometimes we become clueless. Because even we work hard and do our best. But others do not acknowledge our efforts and reward us. But unless we are being lost, we won't be found. Rembrandt depicted himself with the prodigal son being lost as a shaved his head like a prisoner, being numbered without name. His ragged clothing represents his shame and guilt. His shoes, one with the missing soul, shows his long and humiliating journey he had been. But he still carries, carries the short sword around his waist. Interesting. No one said he would have sold his so valuable sword, the symbol of his sonship, his nobility. The sword is there to show me that although he came back speaking as a beggar, 
and an outcast, he had not forgotten that he still was the son of his father. It was this remembered and valued sonship that finally persuaded him to turn back. We left father's home to find the meaning and purpose of our life. In this world, by success, maybe lots of money, pleasure, satisfaction. But when we are being lost and despaired, we forget who we were originally and where, where we are going. And we don't know exactly what we want it to be and what we need now. Right? We always tangled in this our needs and wants. But there must be something remind us that where we're from, who we are, and where we're going. What's in you? What do you carry still would persuade you return to where you're from, to your father, your faith community? What do you still carry that you remember your father and your childhood? We must claim childhood, our childhood, sonship. That we are sons and daughters of our Father, eternal God, no matter what. Right? If your parents, your daughter, your son, no matter what, they failed or despaired, discouraged, they are still your son and daughter, right? Even they are in prison. Even they are homeless. Even they are in addiction. They are your children. So we must claim our childhood. When the prodigal son squandered all of his money from his father, he was so hungry and wanted to eat what pigs were eating as a Jewish man. And he said, how many of my Father's hired men have all the food they want and more, and here am I dying of hunger. I will leave this place and go to my father and say, Father, 
I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired men. No one said the younger son realized that he has lost the dignity of his sonship. But at the same time, that sense of lost dignity makes him also aware that he is indeed the son who had dignity to lose. Right? Once you lose your dignity, then you realize, oh, I had a dignity. Right? Like a freedom. Maybe some of you uh, serve in the uh, army or marine. Once you joined, you went into the boot camp. Wow. I had a freedom. I had a freedom to eat. I had a freedom to go to a theater. I had freedom to play. But in the army, in the boot camp, you have no freedom. Same thing, air. We don't appreciate air. Unless you suffocate in the, under the water. Right? Or the, when uh, the farmers, you know, fertilizing their field. You can't breathe. Then you know, oh, I had air. This fresh air. Same thing. We lose something, then we realize how precious what we had. Sonship, the childhood with our Creator, Father in heaven, is something we cannot deny or remove because we are sinful. Right? Remember John 3.16? God so loved the world. What is the world? The people in the world are still sinful. Right? When we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ loved, God loved us because we were innocent and righteous? No. Because we were sinful, no matter what. Because the sonship, the childhood, is the life itself. I told you, the life is always with the God. Without God, without our Father, we have no life. The prodigal son in the living in a distant country squandered all his he took the time and life. That means death. Right? The prodigal son was dead in this time. So the prodigal but prodigal son denied his sonship. But he wanted to live. He didn't want to die. He wanted to live. 
This is the key lesson from this parable. Even we sinned, left home, left our father, left our faith. If we choose life, we can return. Rembrandt painted Simeon and the child Jesus in the year he died. The old Simeon, who became a blind, but looking at the vulnerable baby Jesus, maybe Rembrandt portrayed himself in the baby. No one said, a perception in which physical blindness and a deep inner seeing are intimately connected. Old father embraces his exhausted son, reveal an inner vision that reminds one of Jesus' words to his disciples. Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. Rembrandt finally returned to his father into his arms as a baby because he finally realized the love of God. And so he knew he was forgiven. To be forgiven by God, we must forgive ourselves first by claiming our childhood. Don't get me wrong. God only forgives us. But we have to realize first, God loves me so. So we have to forgive ourselves so we can return to God. You know, both Judas Iscariot and Peter sinned against Jesus. They both betrayed Jesus. But Judas chose death because he could not forgive himself. But Peter chose life because he claimed his discipleship, his friendship with Jesus. And Peter realized that Christ died for him and forgiven him unconditionally. Peter could hold on to the truth and chose life. But Judas believed the Satan's lie and chose death. Satan constantly lying to us. You are no good. You are useless. You sinned again. You are unlovable, unforgivable. That's what we do to ourselves, condemn ourselves. Not to face the pain 
of repentance, guilty feelings. Have you forgiven yourself? I've seen many Christians, they haven't forgiven themselves yet. Forgiven their past, forgiven their mistakes, forgiven their sin. Can you claim that you are daughter and son of Father in heaven? But claiming childhood is not an easy thing to do. No one said one of the greatest challenges of the spiritual life is to receive God's forgiveness. It is. It is my biggest challenge as well as a preacher. It's oxymoron. It is a, it's a free, it is grace, but still we don't receive because we don't get it. How come I'm forgiven? How come he's forgiven? How, how come she's forgiven? Right? Because if we are forgiven, then we must return. Another word, repentance. Turning around. Change our direction. If we want to claim childhood, we must turn away from the sins, things we had been indulged and depended on for a long time. Right? We all have that. When we struggle, where we turn to, right? Either we excuse ourselves, right? Or blame somebody else. Or treat hard on ourselves. Condemn ourselves. Many ways. Addiction, drugs, alcohol, so many things we deal, we turn to. We have to turn away from them. And people don't want to do that. Because they still, they know God loves them, but they don't, they're not sure. Really, it will be really great if I turning away from them. We know God so loved the world, but not sure he loves me, right? God loves the whole world. Even I serve ministries and showing the love of God to the people, right? We do community meals and we send the money, all the, these charity organizations, the missionaries, you know, feeding the students in uh, Sierra Leone. But we still not, we are not sure. God loves me. How sad is that? 
because I don't have that courage to change myself. I don't want to change my life. You know, God do not change us. We must change. God, what God did through Christ is God just changed his perspective on us. DJ, you are no longer sinner. DJ, you are not, no longer failure. You are victorious. You are amazing. But I cannot believe. Because the world is saying to me, you are not. You are the same DJ. You are the same person. Nothing changed. So change is not God grant us what we want. But we do. We do change what God wants. So the prodigal son said, I will settle for being a hired servant, not as a son. Right? Becoming son again means take the responsibility. The father of the prodigal son seems waiting outside every day if his son is returning. You know, when he spotted his son is coming to home, he ran, and then he met his son, the boundary of the city. Why? Why his father ran to the boundary of the city. Because what he did, the prodigal son did, taking the money, inheritance, before his father died. But I told you, it is what saying, God, Father, I cannot wait for you to die. So the community of faith, the town people, will stone him to death. Anyway, he's been to distant countries, so he's unclean. So he cannot come back to the community, in the Jewish community. So that's why his father ran, and before people stoned him to death, he covered him, put rope around him, and put his uh, a ring, restoring, rede redeeming the sonship. So don't, don't kill my son. That's why. But the prodigal son didn't understand, didn't have any idea my father will do that. He, maybe he's, he wanted to pretend that's just a, a you know, a hired worker for his, his father. Not even pretending, I'm the son, I'm the, I'm the son. I mean, nobody will recognize him anyway in, in that, you know. Forgiveness means we are no longer our hired servant. Another word, a perpetrator of Satan, working for Satan, no longer. 
Because we don't have to work for Satan. Because Jesus died. Because, because Jesus died and destroyed the power of a sin, the power of a Satan, the accusation of a Satan. Even though we are still sinful, even though we are still broken, we are still limited, we are still making mistakes, but it's pointless. Satan cannot accuse us because of what we did. That's why I'm saying what Satan's saying to us is a complete lie. But many people in the world, they listen to what Satan says. What other people, what are, what other people saying? Friends, we are completely free to live in God's principle of life. What Jesus did is Jesus redeemed us back to the Garden of Eden. Before the sin, we are in that condition now. Yes, our physical body is still sinful. But our true life, eternal life, is returned to the Garden of Eden. The shoes, look at the shoes. The shoes reveal how long and humiliating his journey was. So as you can see, the shoes no longer serve as a shoes. Would you wear that shoes and you know walking around? No. It's useless. Rembrandt tried to show that. All he did, all where he had been, all the sin he did was pointless. Repentance means taking these old shoes off from our feet. You know, like God told Moses, do not come near, take your sandals off your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. Standing before God, where we are, where you are. Every day place, you are standing before God. And we must take in of these shoes, our old shoes. What are they, our old shoes? Our trust, what we believe, our knowledge, our experience. Our power, our, our position, our money, whatever we trust, our, where our confidence coming from, that's our shoes. But our old shoes, the shoes the world gives us, your education, your great family, your whatever salary you're making, the house you're living, the car you drive, nothing. Nothing you can trust and have confidence from them. We have the new shoes that Jesus Christ. To Nicodemus, who 
was inquiring, asking about salvation. And Jesus said, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Because it was impossible for both stigmatized sinners by the society and the self-righteous people being saved by the law. Torah, no way. What he said to his Nicodemus, I did it all, I kept all the law. So can I go to heaven? No, you just go home and sell everything you have and give it to the poor and come follow me. We know what happened. He never returned. Sadly, he went away from Jesus. The point is that what we do, being righteous or being perfect, doesn't save us. We are all debtor. I'm a debtor to God, and you are the debtor to God. Same debtor. You sitting in the pew. You serve church decade. You face faithfully you giving. You do all the wonderful thing. But we are all same debtor. The people in the prison, people in the street. So we all need the same, the power, the amount of grace from Jesus Christ. And we are all debtors, and we have one creditor we owe, our Father, our God in heaven. And to pay our debt, it's an eternal death. And as you remember John 3:16, God so loved the world. That means God doesn't God never want us to die. So what what he did? God became one of us, the prodigal son. Jesus became the true prodigal son and died for us. He left his home, the Father in heaven and traveled in finite distance. That distance is the sin, our sin. And squandered all he had, his glory, his dignity, even his sonship. His life. So we are all redeemed and received. We were rewarded. His glory, his dignity, and the sonship and life in eternity. Rembrandt painted the descent from the cross when he was only 26 years old. When he, Rembrandt, was a totally prodigal son. He knew Jesus Christ was prodigal 
for his own salvation. Jesus died for him. He knew that. But that didn't change his life. Right? Jesus paid his life for him. But he could not accept the forgiveness and repent. It tells us we cannot be saved simply by knowing Jesus died for us. Right? You go out there asking the people, do you believe Jesus? A lot of people saying, yeah, I believe Jesus. Jesus. Jesus died for my sin. But that doesn't do anything about their life. That doesn't make any difference in their life. Right? We need follow-up. We need to be responsible for this grace, Jesus' death. In this painting, Joseph Arimathea, the wealthy man who bought the land for burial, and Nicodemus later became a disciple. And some other disciples, it's more, I just cut it out, but so many disciples under there, lowering him, Jesus, from the cross. All these people carried Jesus down. Jesus is dead. It's dead. He's dead. But these disciples and people carried down and buried him. Then what? We have no Jesus here. Right? Church have no Jesus. When the world proved Jesus, show me Jesus. They even say, I love Jesus, but I don't like church. Jesus did his job, his mission, die on the cross. That's it. Now it's our turn. Do the mission of a church. What is that? Love one another by being responsible for others, especially the poor and needy. Why poor and needy? And when all, everybody, the rich and powerful need a salvation too. Why? Because the poor and needy, the broken, they're the ones who receive the gospel. Look at the gospels. There's a two groups, the crowd and disciples, right? The one rejected Jesus and one welcomed Jesus. Who are the crowd? Who are the who are the one rejected Jesus? They're the successful, rich, healthy, even very religious, righteous people in the temple. But who listened to Jesus and changed, transformed the poor and needy, prostitutes, the disabled people, even Gentiles? Right? Even the dead one. So 
So who are the needy? Who are the poor? Who are the marginalized in our life, in your life? They are in your family. They are in your company. They are in your neighborhood. Right? If we neglect them, who's going to reach out to them? I told you, there will be audit in heaven. DJ, what have you done? What have you done the life, the time you are given to you? What have you done? I sent you this church, that church, that church. What have you done to those churches? God will ask you the same question. What you have done with the portion you demanded, the life you, you demanded, the even new life I give it to you. Who are the hungry? Who are the thirsty? Who are the lonely? Who are the despaired around you? And how would you respond to them? 